the text is the Ruth 4, verses 9 to 17 that we just read together. And beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Advent is a time when we see how God prepared the world for the birth of His Son, who took on real human flesh from real human people. Most Advent messages take their cue from the way that Matthew and Luke begin with genealogies. We see that when you look at the Gospel of Matthew and the Gospel of Luke, and as you trace the genealogy, you see how how they give us a picture of God's amazing providential care in preparing the place and the family line in which the Son of God would be born. Now Ruth is the story explaining a portion of the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ and how Gentiles were included in the big picture of God's grace from the very beginning, the important role of of the women of the community also in the background of our Lord Jesus' birth. It says, as the Lord had promised already in Genesis 12, that through the nation, through Abraham, all the nations of the world would be blessed. And so the people of Bethlehem, we read in Ruth, they were longing for the fulfillment of God's promise for all the families of the earth when they worked to perpetuate Elimelech's place in the promised land. When they were praying for a descendant who could restore Naomi's name among the people of God and be renowned in Bethlehem. In His grace, we read this, we see how the Lord used very ordinary people doing ordinary things as members of His church as they are led along by the Holy Spirit to trust God's promises, to live each day by His law, to show kindness to foreigners as He was preparing the world for His Son through this ordinary faithfulness. And although Christ has already been born today and has calls and, and, and reigns as King like we sang in Psalm 72, He calls us to live in the same obedience as the waiting church in the Old Testament. For now we are waiting for the return of our Savior Jesus Christ. And I preach you this Gospel under the theme God's people wait in hope for Christ to come. See, it reveals the importance of our place in the church, our children in the covenant, and our inheritance in Christ. The book of Ruth focuses or reveals the importance of preparing ourselves for Christ to come by ensuring that our family and loved ones have a place in the body of Christ. In the Old Testament, this place in the church was made visible through the allotments of pieces of property in the promised land that were given to each family and were supposed to be passed on from generation to generation in expectation of that day when the Messiah would be born in the land. The people were forward-focused in their membership in the land. Living in the land was as important in the Old Testament for people waiting for Christ's birth 
as being a living member of a local Christian congregation is important in the New Covenant for people who are waiting for Christ's return. And this key aspect of the book of Ruth connects us to the events that we read about in a very personal way. When Elimelech and his wife and his two sons, when they left Bethlehem and Judah, it could have been compared to a family withdrawing itself from the church. They don't just go for a short visit, but they stayed in the land where idols like Chemosh were worshipped. And they stayed there for about 10 years. And the two sons even married foreigners, married Moabite women. You could draw a parallel to Hagar, who fled from Abraham, or to the younger prodigal or the wandering son in Jesus' parable, who took his inheritance early and then left his father's house. And so when Naomi decided to return to Bethlehem, which was the place that God had appointed for her and her husband, she bore that shame of having withdrawn from the church at one time. And she, she could point to how the Lord had even testified against her by dealing a serious blow to her, bringing calamities upon her. We read about that in Ruth 1, verses 20 and 21. Like the prodigal son who returned, but only expected to be received back as one of his father's servants, Naomi told the people to call her by the name Mara, that would always remind them of the bitter consequences of leaving God's people. And although we can imagine how difficult it was for this withdrawn member to return to the congregation she had suddenly left, God was pleased with Naomi's decision. God was pleased with Naomi's repentance and humility and her trust in God, her hope for the future. Naomi knew that being in the place where the Savior was coming to bring salvation was more important than anything else in, the, in, in this life, including her own honor and her own comfort and her own feeling comfortable. God confirmed that she was right to return by making the one He had made empty full again, by allowing her to hold a grandson who would be an ancestor of the Son of God Himself. Naomi's God is the same God we worship today. His steadfast love, His chesed, is, is profound. He is merciful. He is patient with sinners as He carries us to that, that goal of salvation. He receives us back with open arms even after we have withdrawn. We feel ashamed. We sinned against Him. And if God receives repentant sinners back with, with open arms, we can think of the father in the parable of the prodigal son. Should we not also make an effort to make anyone who puts their hope back in Jesus Christ also feel so welcome in this decision? Well, Boaz certainly understood this responsibility because he was focused on Christ. Not on himself, he was focused ahead. Boaz already had his place 
in the promised land. When he noticed that there was a Moabite woman, a foreigner named Ruth, gleaning in his field, who was related to that Elimelech's family, which was on the point of losing their place in the promised land. Well, Boaz displayed the kindness and the love and the faithfulness to his neighbors that God taught in the law. It was part of his ordinary life. He understood his responsibility to his brothers. We could see the the good relationship he had with the workers in the field. And so he presented himself as Elimelech's family's kinsman redeemer. He purchased, we read, Naomi's place so that it could be used as a waiting seat by future generations who were longing with Boaz for that promised Messiah. And then he also redeemed Naomi's daughter-in-law, Ruth, so that there would be people from the next generation to sit in that family's allotted place. Although it's clear from the earlier chapters of the book that Boaz was honored that Ruth should consider marrying him as an older man, in his speech that we read in, in Ruth 4, Boaz made it very clear that his primary concern was the honor, the name, and the place of his brother in Bethlehem and in Judah. And when we understand that the first child of the marriage would be considered Malon's descendant, and only the children born after that would be registered as Boaz's descendants, you could see that Boaz's marriage was taking a risk that could put his own inheritance in peril. That's why the other redeemer said, I'm out. It's too risky for me. And so the elders noting this, they, they prayed that Boaz would be renowned in Bethlehem for his willingness to give himself up for others in his loving concern for the well-being of his community and congregation. And we see that for whose name is mentioned in the genealogies. Boaz's obedience serves as a picture of the descendant, the renowned of Bethlehem, Christ's obedience. Boaz gave up his, his life to prepare room for every humble person who comes to him and seeks his help. Today, we are among those of, who have been redeemed by Christ Jesus, who came to the world to give his life for us. We are the redeemed. By his grace, we have a place in the church as members of Christ's body. And then when we understand that close connection between all that we have been given in Christ being that connection between members of a local church and our citizenship in in heaven, like Boaz understood as well, then we get a sense of that urgency that Boaz felt. It's important to be a member of Christ's church. It's important to be among those waiting for the the coming Christ. And we feel that, that urgency as God also calls us to, to do whatever we can to bring those who confess faith in Christ to, to sit with us as a member of the congregation as we wait for Christ to come. And the book of Ruth makes it clear that, that even in the Old Testament, 
the seats in God's kingdom are not just reserved for the special covenant people, Judah and Israel. In his amazing grace that perhaps even surprised Naomi, who had been trying to persuade her daughter-in-laws to return to Moab, God made it possible for Ruth the Moabite to share in the promises of his heavenly kingdom. Following her mother's good example, her mother-in-law's good example, Ruth converted to the faith. She committed herself to following God with all her life. She left her homeland to serve Naomi's God. She placed her hope in the promise of the coming descendant. Her eyes, too, were focused on Jesus Christ. And so she listened to Naomi's instruction. She expressed her desire that Boaz might redeem her and perpetuate Elimelech's and Malon's family line. Although as a Gentile, she would often be excluded, Ruth knew that she wanted to take a place in the kingdom of God And God blessed her desire by making her the great-grandmother of, or, or the grandmother of King David, from whose line the Savior would be born. When the Son of God came to earth, when God Himself took on human flesh, took on our human nature, He would count a Moabite woman as one of His ancestors. The message for us today is that God has room in His church for people of every nation. Well, we could see that, can't we? Because we too are among the Gentiles who are now worshiping the Lord. Whoever believes that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who took on human nature from the flesh and blood of Mary and Ruth the Moabite can be incorporated into God's covenant and take their place as a member of Christ's body. We read that Boaz called the the elders and the people of Bethlehem in as witnesses of the event. God's people were not free to do whatever they thought was right in their own eyes. That was the whole problem at that time. We read about that in, in the book of Judges and in Samuel. The judgment of the elders was necessary to confirm God's approval to the events that were taking place at the gate to the town of Bethlehem. Why was it right for Boaz to marry Ruth, but wrong for for Malon? It was something the elders had to approve. The Old Testament elders, they served as judges in both civil and family affairs. And since the ownership of land was so closely connected to, to being declared a part of the covenant people of God, what they loosed on earth was loosed in heaven. And what they bound on earth was bound in heaven. And we see that their judgment is similar to the work of elders in the church today who confirm that everyone who is received as a member of the local church is also truly a member of Christ's body and can look forward to the eternal life in, in God's kingdom when Christ returns. The approval of the, of the kinsman purchase of Naomi's land was an official declaration of her family's reinstatement as members of the church. Their acceptance of Ruth, the foreigner, 
as a legitimate wife for Boaz also certified the legitimacy of the heirs that God would bring to them. And the people of Bethlehem, they understood that all their decisions concerning land and marriages would have consequences for the future generations. And so they were careful to follow God's law, to trust in Him, to bless their faithfulness. Also with children in the covenant. We see that as we're awaiting church, we have that same focus. We desire to live our lives, to make our decisions according to God's Word, so we receive His blessing, not just today, but also in the future. We see that in our second point, the children in the covenant. The book of Ruth emphasizes the importance of the, that the importance of the wedding between Boaz and Ruth has everything to do with the next generation. You'll see the prayer wasn't may they, may they be happy together. The prayer was may they have children. And the elders are forward-looking when they beseech the Lord to grant His blessing on Boaz's marriage to Ruth, praying that the woman who is coming into his house might grant Boaz offspring or children. They know that Boaz's help can only be blessed if the line of promise through Jacob with Leah and Rachel and Tamar who gave birth to Judah's son Perez would now continue through Boaz and Ruth. These women that the elders mention in their prayer blessing are important because of their connection to the tribe of Judah and the town of Bethlehem. Leah was Judah's mother. Rachel was the one who was buried on the road to Bethlehem. You read about that in Genesis 35. Tamar was the woman with whom Judah had the child Perez. And the elders could have really gone back all the way to the the promise in Genesis 3 verse 15 where God said one of the children of the woman would crush the head of the serpent and bring salvation to the world. For that is what was driving their prayer for children to Boaz and Ruth. A prayer for a a child for Ruth and Boaz was a prayer that the covenant people of God might be brought one step closer to their Messiah and their Savior. In Ruth 4 verse 13, we read that Boaz took Ruth, presumably to his own house, and she became his wife. Although Malon and Ruth had been unable to have children in the ten years or so that they had been married, the Holy Spirit reveals that the Lord intervened in this marriage and gave Ruth conception, and she bore a son. And then the scene shifts. The scene shifts to the reaction of all the women in in Bethlehem. We're given a heartfelt account of the shared joy that the birth of this child brought to the entire community of God's people. The women of Bethlehem were keen to point out to Naomi what joy this grandson would bring to her. And although Boaz had been the redeemer to ensure her place in the land and a descendant, women spoke of Naomi's grandson as a redeemer because he would give her freedom from bitterness. God had turned a difficult situation into a very happy one. Naomi's bitter prospects of dying as a widow without an heir were reversed 
because of the love of her daughter-in-law, because of the commitment of this foreigner to her, to her land, to her God. And God's grace made the entire community very thankful. The church that the Son of God came into is a church that rejoices in the gift of new life together as a community. There is a sense in our text how that blessing of having a child that is given to one couple is really a blessing for the entire community that they are a part of. Although we are not all able to have children, the children that are born or adopted into the church become all of our children because the way God uses them for the benefits of all God's people. The passage of Ruth reminds us of the joy of the shepherds when Mary and Joseph had a baby. The joy of Simeon and Anna when the Lord Jesus was born. In this sense, our children are never really our own. They should be raised up to to understand their role to serve all God's people with their gifts and talents as servants in His kingdom. This is one of the first things that our Lord Jesus understood when He took on our human nature by being born to Mary. Although this is the only time we, we read about other people naming a child, the women living in Bethlehem pronounced that Ruth, and uh, the Moabite's son, would be named Obed, which means the one who serves, or perhaps the worshiper of the Lord. The name reveals that the goal of all our child-raising work is to keep our eyes focused on God's kingdom, to raise up servants of the people of God and the kingdom of God. Well, today when believers have children, they're no longer praying that their child might be the long-awaited promised Messiah. Like the people of Bethlehem had prayed for Ruth and and Boaz, and and like Hannah had prayed, and like Mary was hoping for. Because today, we can worship Jesus Christ as the King who was already born, who already died, who already rose and ascended back into heaven. At the same time, as believers, we know that Jesus' work is not yet complete. And we as a community, as this generation and the next generation and the generation after that, we are a part of God's great and continuing work. Called to walk and work alongside with the Spirit who continues to to let the light of the Gospel shine in the darkness around us as God gathers His church in Jesus Christ. And so our children too become a part of this ongoing gathering work of God. We see all our eyes are focused on that inheritance in Christ. The final verse of our text tell about how Naomi took the child and laid him in her lap and became his nurse. And here the word means his his guardian. And although the child was a natural son of Boaz and Ruth, because Boaz had, had come in as a kinsman redeemer, the first child would be registered and recorded as Malon's son and heir, thereby Naomi's legal grandson, sometimes even called a son, like we see in 4 verse 17. Naomi could 
Praise the Lord that she had been reestablished in the land and that her grandson could join her in the worship as they continued to wait to receive the fullness of their inheritance. And so she prayed a prayer that echoed the prayers of the elders in, in Bethlehem that the child might be renowned in Bethlehem. All God's people longed for the renown of Bethlehem. The day when the Messiah would be born in Judah's line. And the book of Ruth then serves to make a very important connection between Christ, uh, Obed, between Obed, Jesse, David, and Jesus Christ. Making it clear that the Lord was working through the events in our text in order to bring the Christ to the church. And so we continue to rejoice to see how the Lord is making His church grow through generation to generation as we all look forward to that eternal inheritance that Christ has obtained for us by His victory. He calls those who have wandered away like Naomi. He calls them to return to Him and find their appointed place among God's people. He calls the, the church to receive those who return to God with open arms and with kindness and with consideration, with that focus on the importance of being a part of Christ's body. He calls in Gentiles like us, foreigners, to the, the covenants of the Old Testament to share in the work of Jesus Christ. And we continue to be a part of this ingathering work of Jesus Christ as believers and the children and the children to come. Like the people of Bethlehem who understood the importance of maintaining their plot of land for themselves and their descendants after them, we too are, are praying that we might remain in Christ, that our children might remain in Christ so that we will be ready for Him when we die or when He comes again. And considering the future of the church, we, we seek to work together as a community to raise the next generation in the fear of the Lord. We see the parallels to, between Ruth and Emmanuel today, our church here today. Seeing Christ on His throne, we seek to remain faithful to the end, bringing as many people with us so that we can rejoice together when our Lord Jesus returns. The book of Ruth shows us what it looks like to be a waiting church, a forward-focused church. It shows us that it is very important for us as as parents, as, as believers, as, as a community, to give thought to where we live so that we can be living members of a faithful church. We could see how God has placed us in a particular place in order to wait for Him to be forward-focused in our church membership. He urges us to look at our lives, whether we are single or married, with children or without children, to look at our lives in, in light of the task of the kingdom of God and the ongoing work of our Father's Son and Holy Spirit, to make it our aim to, to think about the, the furtherance of the kingdom so that we don't, have, we don't get married for ourselves, we don't have children for ourselves in the first place, but for the glory of God, for the furtherance of His kingdom. 
Even though the hope of giving birth to a Messiah is no longer part of our reality, we see that call to bring the gospel to more people is not yet done. We have been redeemed by Jesus Christ so that we might be instruments in, in bringing in even more people into the places of, in God's kingdom. For if the people of Bethlehem had reason to be focused on Christ, we who know our Lord Jesus, we who have been blessed by the incarnation of the Son of God and His victory over sin and death, we have even more reason. We are waiting church with, with knowledge, with certainty of the victory. May the Holy Spirit help us to wait with patient faithfulness in the ordinary things that are really matters to do with life and death your conversation with your neighbor, your concern for the fact that he does not yet have a, a place in, 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 the, in, the, in the body of Christ, your kindness to the vulnerable, your declaration, your, your dedication to raising children in the church with a forward focus. Yes, all these normal things have eternal consequences. Because God uses these very things to bring us into fellowship with Christ, to help us and our children abide in the inheritance that we have in Christ, to make sitting in our seats in the local congregation a, a true and a lasting joy directly connected to the glory of heaven. Christ has been born in Bethlehem. He has completed His work on earth. He has given us His Holy Spirit to prepare us for the day when He will come again. May we wait in hope for Christ to come as we take our place in the church, the place that God has prepared for us and our children. And may we rejoice each day in the certainty of our inheritance in Christ. Amen.